Welcome to your biggest deal podcast with Joseph Williams. Let's go. Connecting you with top real estate professionals and entrepreneurs from around the country about the deals, strategies, and motivation that made them successful and will help you reach the next level. This is your biggest deal with Joseph Williams. Welcome to the Your Biggest Deal show where we discuss all things real estate and connect with amazing investors around the country to do a deep dive on what they consider their biggest deal. Today, we have Sarah and Anthony Gare with us. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and enlighten us a little bit about your story and journey in real estate. If you don't mind, if you could uh, just give us a short bio about uh, who you are and what market you're currently in. Sure. Thanks for having us, man. We really appreciate it. So I'm Anthony, obviously. Um, we're based in Houston, Texas. We've been investing for about, let's say about a year and two or three months now, right at the beginning of you know the whole uh, pandemic. That's when we kind of dove into investing. Uh, and we really started because we had a time, right? We were both working from home. Uh, we had read a couple books, listened to a couple podcasts and felt inspired to kind of take control of our finances and invest in real estate to create, you know, essentially financial freedom, right? And so uh, we've been fortunate to be super successful and um, have helped people along the way. So we're super excited about it. We're based in Houston. I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go, Texas. Well, uh, from my knowledge, Houston is a, a massive market and uh, is somewhat competitive of finding deals down there. So uh, to kick it off year one and uh, consider yourselves pretty successful, um, that's definitely uh, a, a great way to jump in. So you said you were working from home. It was the middle of COVID and uh, you had your head in some books and started listening to some podcasts and uh, you were looking at uh, creating financial freedom for yourself. Uh, you hear that a lot. And uh, once you kind of dive in, you realize, um, obviously, it's very attainable, yeah. but it's a lot of hard work, too, Absolutely. right? <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah, no. it's long nights. It's early mornings. It's it's the weekends, right? Like, it's not like yeah. an hour or two a day, right? So we spend a lot of time doing real estate. Yeah. And, and it's great. It sounds like uh, you didn't overanalyze uh, too much um, after learning. I tell people... Um, Biggest thing is analysis paralysis out there, and and you can learn a lot, but you learn also a ton by doing and yeah. kind of just jumping in and getting that first deal under your belt um, is one of the best things you can do. So before we kind of jump into your uh, to your biggest deal, can you tell us about like your first deal and kind of how uh, you started in real estate? Like uh, just kind of sum that up. Yeah, so our first deal was on the MLS, and it was a deal that was listed for quite a while and it was listed pretty high um, and it came from just persistence with just following up with the other agent and the seller. Um, so Anthony actually called like four or five times and just kept offering the same amount over and over and over again. <laughs> and finally they gave in because the price that they had was just way too high. Um, so we ended up get, it was listed for like 140. We ended up getting it for 93. We did a $15,000 rehab. Um, we got really lucky because we had a mentor help us out on the, the contractor side. So we got a really good price on everything. Um, and then we ended up, that was our, the first deal we did was a burr. So buy rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Um, so it was actually one of our first rentals and we still have that one today. Um, it's actually a good rental. I haven't gotten a call from the tenant recently. <laughs> not from wood. Um, there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's that's awesome that you were able to uh, do a burr for your uh, your first deal and hopefully get the majority, if not all, of your money back out of it and uh, re- recycle and repeat. Right? That's the that's the goal with that. So, what uh, you, you you jumped in, you bought this sucker, you did a rehab. You know, it was good, great. You had a mentor. Was that a friend or a paid mentor or what? So it was essentially like a mentor of a mentor, if that makes sense. Right. So it was kind of a a mutual connection that we had and he was willing to kind of, kind of just help us out. Right. I'm sure he could have charged way more for the work that Mm -hmm. he actually performed, but it only cost us 15,000. That was our budget. And so we only had to come out of pocket, you know, six or 7,000 for the entire deal. Right. And so, Oh, nice. um, I think we had the opportunity recently to refinance and pull money out, but it just didn't make sense because it wasn't like, you know, that much money. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's a good deal. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, to get your first deal under your belt and only come out of pocket six or seven grand. I mean, I think that's uh, one of the big things is a lot of people, they talk about refinancing their burrs and, and, and pulling out every penny they can. And a lot of times it's like, it's not that big of a deal. If you, if you can refinance it and get uh break even, you know, a lot of times that helps with your overall cash flow and kind of getting that passive. Uh, once you get 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or whatever yeah. it is on your belt, it helps with that monthly uh, payment versus, you know, the cash on, on the front end. Sure. Uh, but yeah, for sure. So you, so you learned a lot off that. I'm sure you learned a lot dealing with contractors yeah. and it was great to have your mentor along for that ride. Yeah. Cause that's always one of the biggest things when you do your first rehab, um, you didn't just buy a rental, you bought a rental and a rehab. Yeah. Um, so that kind of led you into your current track. Uh, could you tell us about your biggest deal? Uh, I know you gave me a little insights that it was a big rehab and your biggest project to date. I'm assuming you've done a bunch in between, but let's fast forward and just tell me about this big, uh, big deal you've done. Yeah. So it's actually a deal we just finished up doing and we have it listed now. We listed it last week. Um, but the reason why it's our biggest deal is just probably because of the scale of it. We had foundation repair, um, New HVAC, new ducting, new insulation, new water heater, new plumbing, new electrical, all, basically all new everything. We gutted it. We tore down a lot of walls to open it up. And then on top of that, we did a cosmetic rehab. Um, and we learned a lot of stuff along the way because this took a lot, a lot. The, the rehab took probably a month longer than we wanted. There was a freeze in Houston and then a storm, a storm or something. So it pushed us back a while. And then we just didn't stay on top of our contractor enough to make sure that it was on track. So that was one of our biggest learning lessons from this one was just making sure that we stay on our timeline. Because as you know, the hard money mm-hmm. loan, the longer you're in it, the more money you're spending. So so, that, so I'm assuming that's how, that's how you financed everything. Did they give you uh, the purchase price and some for the reno or... Were you uh, coming out of pocket for a portion of that? So our hard money lender gives us 70% of the ARV. So the ARV that they evaluated this house was 330. We bought it for 220 mm-hmm. and then we did a $55,000 rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cash out of pocket that we had to come out of pocket that the 70% didn't cover. We had private investors um, mm-hmm. who gave us the money for that. So we paid them back and then we give them basically a 20% return on the back end on top of whatever they gave us. And then we pay back the hard money loan. Nice. So I, over the last year, you guys have really learned how to uh, leverage hard money, private money, um, and all of the investors out there that are looking to uh, partner with uh, real estate investors and, and make a little profit with their interests uh, without having to come out of pocket, pocket significantly uh, for these deals, which at the end of the day, 
helps you scale um, as as an investor, right? Because a lot of people they try to fund everything themselves, and um, if they never you never learn how to use use other people's money, it makes it very hard to really ramp up and uh, and build that large portfolio. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, you know, like you said, leverage other people's money and do multiple deals at once. Right. So that's kind of the goal to scale as, as quickly as possible. Yeah. The, you said you spend 55 grand the rehab. I, I know that can go very quick with foundation <laughs> alone. Right. I've seen foundation repairs in the tens of thousands of dollars. So that seems like a pretty good deal to get most of the major systems, uh, as well as a full cosmetic, as well as a foundation or 55. Cause I know I've gotten, uh, stuck before in a thousand square foot rancher and been in it for, for 70 yeah. grand. You know, it's like, man, I should have just rebuilt this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so are, when it comes to that, are you just, are you partnering with one GC or one general contractor and kind of just, uh, managing him and then letting him manage all the subs? Or are you trying to bring, uh, other people you know in like oh i know a roofer i know a foundation guy and then letting the gc handle some of it as well yeah so the gc handles everything but the foundation uh we got lucky mm -hmm. we found a foundation guy that's been great i mean he is by far the the least expensive resource that we've that we found when it comes to foundation he comes in like less than half from everybody else yeah it's crazy yeah you call one of the ones out of the yellow pages it's like you better get ready yeah. <laughs> i'm like hey are you sure like this is the price you know so um but yeah the rgc kind of handles everything and i think he gives us the best price just because he feels like a part of our team i'm sure with any other general contractor this rehab would have been 70 80 000, right so yeah um, we just kind of got lucky yeah. And so you said you bought it for 220, you got 55 in it, and that probably includes your carrying costs, I'm assuming. Or, or no? Costs. Carrying costs? Yeah, it includes repairs as well as all of our interest and our utilities. We were planning on selling it and, for 330, but the okay. house next door actually just appraised for 390 and sold for 400. So we have it listed at 370. Yeah. That's all I was going to ask when you bought this sucker months back and started this, the market just continued climbing. Yeah. Were you going to make out a little bit? I've had a couple, I had four going at one time here in the Richmond area. And it seemed like every single one of them, I was able to list for probably around 30,000 more yeah. than I originally had under, underwrote the deal yeah. at. So I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, let, let it ride. <laughs> let it ride. Uh, well, th well, that's great that you're going to be able to uh, list for uh, 45000 more um, and then hopefully get multiple offers, no inspection, all of that fun yeah. stuff that we're seeing right now. Um, is Houston uh, still kind of in that world? We're in November 21 right now. Are you still seeing uh, just multiple offers everywhere and uh, appraisal addendums, you know, things like that? Yeah, so we actually bought the house down the street from the one we just um, put on the market. And we're in the middle of flipping that one. And we ended up offering $20,000, $25,000 more mm -hmm. um, cash, close in two weeks, basically like the best offer we could offer. And we won that one, obviously, because we're flipping it. But yeah, it's crazy. They got like 20 offers. Um, we made an offer a couple weeks back. We offered $50,000 above list price cash, close in two weeks. And we lost because someone <laughs> offered like $100,000 above list price. Um, so yeah, it's pretty crazy. And do you think do you think some of these ones uh, 
are people that are looking to buy it and make it their primary residence, like buy it, fix it up a little bit and then move in? Or is it just uh, other rehabbers that are offering that much? It's probably a combination of both, honestly. Like sometimes yeah. when we run our numbers, like we'll lose a deal, you know, we'll go back and say, hey, you know, what was the winning, the winning offer? Mm-hmm. And we're like, how are these people making money? Like, how are they doing? Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, deals are sourced in many a way, right? Off market, and when you're the only player, is obviously the the number yeah. one. Maybe cold calling, you know, and you're working one on one with somebody. When you're advertising and you're doing pay per click campaigns on Google, you know, odds are they're getting on there. They're clicking on two or yeah. three and putting their information on. So you're still competitive there situation. Uh, but some of these ones, you know, when you're working with wholesalers and even virtual wholesalers that are posting deals, I'm like, that. How does yeah. how does anybody buy in that? <laughs> And fix it. Like, how are you know? Like, or I'll tell you something that's really I've seen a lot lately in the uh, like the Facebook groups and things like that. It's just you see a deal, and then everybody's in the comments just burning it yeah. up because it's a for sale by owner that's been out there forever, yeah. overpriced. They've talked them down ten grand, and then they're listing it back, you know, uh, to the investors at the same price that's pretty much been listed at for sale by owner yeah. on Zillow for you know six months, and it's like, hey. This isn't a wholesale deal. Like the guy's got it on Zillow exactly. right now. Not to say that there, that doesn't happen, but you know, a lot of times it's you know, it still doesn't make sense. So when uh, speaking about that, how did you find this deal? Was this MLS? Yeah. Okay. So your your first one, and uh, are you are you finding a lot of them on MLS? Yeah. So I have my real estate license. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, nice. we have a bunch of like auto searches and stuff set up. So we find a lot on the mm-hmm. MLS. The MLS is definitely trickier because there's so many people and. The easier it is to find, the more competition you're going to have, right? So if you go direct to seller, obviously you might have one other person who's also gone to that seller too. Um, so it minimizes your competition. But we've had a lot of luck with the MLS, but it's definitely persistence and just constantly looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you calling expired listings, things of that nature as well? We tried that. That just took up too yeah. much time. And I was just, a lot of the time, by the yeah. time I got to them, they had gotten four or five phone calls already. And you have to stay yeah. on top of that because there's so many that are expiring. Um, mm-hmm. And plus, they're they're looking for like a full retail right. price. If odds are if it expired, yeah. right? Like if if it's any kind of a deal, people are already you know making an offer yeah. on it. So if, they're, if you know if they're if they're wanting to play ball, odds are their uh, their listings not expiring yeah. in MLS after whatever 180 days. So uh, when uh, when in over the last whatever 15 months since you've started, did you get your real estate license? So I got it probably right when COVID hit. We did a couple deals with a realtor. Um, she was mm-hmm. amazing. But realtors have, a, that's their full-time job. They're helping other clients. Um, and if we need comps run on 20 deals, I mean, I can run comps in five seconds, right? And he has access mm-hmm. to my MLS, so he can run them as well. It just, re- it reduced that bottleneck. So we did it almost immediately after the first two deals. We're like, wow, we can save on the commission. We can reduce the bottleneck of making offers and we can reduce the bottleneck of making running comps. So it makes us move much more quickly and much yeah. more efficiently. Yeah. So smart, especially early on. Um, I, I think maybe after my third deal, I went and got my, yeah. my license and, and yeah, I just helped out age, um, you know, friends and yeah. family when it comes to it. But then for me, like you said, I'm always saving 3% on the back end 
you know, yeah. buy cash up front, saving three percent on the back end. That's a, another thing when, when you're underwriting the deal. I'm like, how are these people doing it? They've got realtors involved <laughs> exactly. and everything. Like, like I'm killing all the realtors fees, except, you know, uh, when I sell this and that, I still can't make it work in my head. Um, but I want big juicy deals, right? I want your biggest deal. So, you know, I don't, I don't want, you know, just a fifteen twenty five thousand dollars deal. Right. If I'm going to, I go with, we, we have full-time job, you have a full-time job. So I don't want to uh, take my time uh, out in the market if it's not going to be a, you know, very lucrative at the end of the day. So, so you got this thing on the market right now. Let's say you get full asking price. Is that going to be your biggest profit flip to date? Is that what you're banking on? Probably, it'll because yeah. we we're going to list it three thirty. So if we get three seventy, it'll be forty thousand dollars more than what we we're planning on. Sure, and we we're planning mm-hmm. on thirty before that, so probably seventy thousand dollar profit. There you great. go. That that's what those. Those are the ones I look yeah. for all day. <laughs> when, when when wholesalers call me, even like at the the buck fifty or you know whatever, I tell them just not even looking at the house. I'm like, I need a hundred thousand dollars spring. So like if it's if I buy it for I bought one you know whatever for one oh six end up selling for two thirty you know what I mean obviously there's reno, renovation budget in the middle but I can't buy one at one oh six and then have an ARV you're showing me at one thirty six because the time the time I buy it and I got holding costs even if it's only ten grand in it and then I got realtors fees yeah. and property taxes I'm just like whatever I'll go do something exactly. else yeah no so that yeah, those are the ones I like too and like my gut now has just told me. Those ones that are in that, you know, hundred thousand to two hundred thousand range. If you have a hundred thousand spread, like that's run to yep. it. <laughs> run run to that wholesale exactly. for sure. So uh how did that change your life? So you you know, you've been rocking out, you've got you know, ten deals under your belt over the last year. Are uh some are burrs, some are rehabs or, or flips. Are have you wholesaled a couple of them along the way yep. as well? Yep, we've done a, a handful of wholesales as well. Nice. Nice. And that just, that's some good money to, to the, to the plate too. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think that's something that some people, uh, forget, you know, when you become an investor, it's about being, uh, flexible. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and once you learn all of those different disposition strategies, uh, you know, or exit strategies, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, it makes things a lot easier because you can look at deals all day and a deal you used to walk away from. Now you're like, ooh, I think I can get seven grand out of this and wholesale it to a buddy. Or, you know, I think I can do this and and rehab it and get some extra money out of it or whatever it may be. So so it seems like you guys really have ramped up in the last year from getting a real estate license to wholesale to burr to flip. I mean, you're just, you're a dynamic duo. You're going to, uh, you're scaling quick. So that's great. Uh, so as you, uh, you know, looked into the future and you're, you know, you've done, you've done these burrs. Are you, looking to continue finding single family homes or are you trying to maybe scale into some, you know, four plexes or eight plexes out there? Yeah. So, so right now we're, we're finding and, and trying to find even more flips. Um, obviously we've got the baby on the way, so we'll probably try to scale back just a little bit for the next four or five months. Um, mm-hmm. The goal is to, to kind of dive into multifamily, and that's been the goal for the last probably four or five months now, but it's just been tough trying to find multifamily deals because everything's mm-hmm. just so expensive. And we got a mentor that has about you know three or four hundred units here in, in Houston that's you know willing to partner with us, and so we have somebody that's essentially holding our hand. Yeah. And so, um, so that's kind of what we're looking for now as well. We're looking for. We had a deal we were gonna do, and it was fifty units. Fifty four, yeah. Fifty four. 
and we raised the capital because once we started kind of marketing ourselves on Instagram and all this other sort of stuff, we got a bunch of people coming to us saying, Hey, like I want to invest with y'all. Um, so a lot of friends and family. And then we had some random people that are like, I want to invest with you guys too. So we have a huge list of people. We raised all the money and then the sellers ended up finding the broker's packet of how much money an investor like us could make. And they're like, well, we're going to just do the work ourselves. Um, and they ended up backing out and doing redoing it themselves and now relisting it. And they just kind of took a lot of skin off the bone. Yeah. yeah. So was it, was it like a private owner just like he had one or was it a, like a, a small corporation. No, it was just three individual that. guys that owned it. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's a tough one, you know, cause a lot of them are, uh, uh, you know, big companies are, are gobbling them up. Um, and that's that kind of sweet spot between, you know, I don't know, would you say maybe eight to 50 is kind of, you know, where it's not large enough for them to bring in on site property management. They still have to have like a management company run it from a, you know, a different location. Um, and finding those is tough because it's not as easy as looking at someone's name and skip tracing and you're looking at LLCs and SCC. And, you know, I know there's some, some guys out there that, you know, uh, I've heard them, they use, uh, you know, a lot of the commercial, commercial softwares, um, that are out there versus, you know, skip tracing and whatnot. And, if you do a search, I mean, I just did one recently in my market. Houston's a lot bigger for apartment buildings that are owned by individuals. So not by an LLC, yeah. you know, just someone's name. And it took it from like 26,000 down to like 300. Because <laughs> I mean, most people are putting it in some kind of entity yeah. for protection, right. you know. Once you get to, you know, above the... uh uh, single family realm of four units. And, uh, and a lot of those, uh, individuals, like I knew their names because they were just like old families from the area mm -hmm. that are known on a ton of real estate. And I guess these are ones that are just kind of dragged along and never, you know, quit claim deeded into an LLC mm -hmm. or whatever. So it was like, well, good luck with those guys, you know, <laughs> because they, they trade them off market between each other, you know, they're big money. Yeah. So scaling into apartments is the goal. Um, and, and you've kind of done a lot over the last year, uh, flipping to get some more cash into the business. So you can look at, you know, apartments or, or other burrs where, you know, it might not make a hundred, you might not get it all back, but it makes sense because it's on a college campus and you can get more rents or whatever it may be. What tips would you give to someone, uh, that's starting out, you know, tomorrow that's, Kind of where you guys were. You you've read a couple books and you've listened to a couple of bigger pockets podcasts. What would be uh, your biggest tip to them? I would say um, just kind of understanding your strategy, right? Like understanding, you know, you know, this is the first step, right? This is what I need to do. You know, you know, work with a lender, get pre-approved, uh, understand what market you want to be in, uh, understand kind of your financial situation, right? Like how much money can you afford to invest? Um, and then, and then, like I said, your strategy, right? Are you, are you wanting to flip? Are you wanting to wholesale? Are you wanting to have a rental? Um, just so that your mind isn't all over the place, um, as you're kind of mm -hmm. you know, diving into this game. And I would add on to that and just say, again, I've said this multiple times, just persistence, right? Especially in this market, there's so many, there's so much competition. If you're not making offers and if you're not evaluating deals, you're not going to get a deal, right? You have to make 20 yeah. offers to get one person interested. Um, so just constantly looking for deals and then having multiple streams of deals coming in, right? MLS, 
wholesalers for sale by owner, going straight to the direct to seller, <coughs> doing different marketing campaigns and stuff. Otherwise, I mean, if you're only looking on one thing, you're not going to find a deal. It takes a lot of time. That's probably the what we focus on the most. Once you find a deal, it's easy, right? The rehab is easy. Posting it and listing it, it's easy. But finding the deals, that's what we spend all of our time on. Yeah. 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 yeah that's great advice. I, uh, I say that all the time. I say, Finding the deal is the hardest thing. You know, people ask me, it's like, oh, you're doing this. I'm like, yeah, but the hardest one is just finding finding another yeah. one. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I used to tell people hear people say like, oh, just you know, become a master at this, become <coughs> a master at whatever, Google AdWords, or become a master at you know, uh, uh, you know, ma- mailers or, or whatever. But I'm I'm more in your boat where you kind of dabble in everything, and if, if as long as you're persistent, uh, inevitably, kind of it kind of comes along. Um, and, and the biggest thing is is lead generation. And if you can if you can do that, then like you said, uh, the rehab and all of that. It might take a little longer, you know, than expected here or there. It might cost a little bit more, but it, it'll get done at the end of the day as long as you're on top of it. So the biggest thing you can do is is lead generation out there and become a become an expert in what you're doing. And and uh, I, I know we've mentioned bigger pockets a couple of times. Uh, when you were starting out, you said you you read a couple of books and listened to podcasts. What uh, what were kind of some of your go tos? So we listened, obviously, bigger pockets like you had mentioned. Coach Carson's podcast we listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read the Burr book by David Green, who's kind of a part of that bigger pocket family. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube. I mean, we were just like just trying to find as much information as possible. But we wanted the information to be kind of targeted to what we wanted to learn, right? So yeah, uh, we would just do like specific searches to Burr or you know, first time investor, how do I get started type of deal. So yeah, YouTube University is a <laughs> is, is a great a, a great source yeah. for sure, right? And you just can't get wrapped up in too many gurus pitches yeah, and exactly. then uh, you know. People send you, you know, a bill for thirty thousand dollars. Just, just get get the information and, and jump in for sure. And bigger pockets is obviously always, uh, you know, the biggest uh, resource out there. Now, uh, now to go back, kind of like where you're at in, in a major market that's I consider competitive from what I've yeah. seen, Houston. Are you guys focusing just around you, or are you looking at the entire city? Because it's what the third biggest city in America yeah. now, or something like that. So, I mean, I know it's massive. Are you kind of focusing around you where you know the neighborhoods or are you looking very broad and then kind of uh, assessing it as the deals come along? So I grew up over in the city and now we live in the suburbs. Um, So we feel very familiar with the city area. We also feel familiar with this suburb um, and we've looked in other suburbs as well. So we look all over. There's only a couple places we won't look. We don't look close to the water near like Galveston or Freeport just because it's too far from where we live. We're up in the woodlands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be like a two hour drive. And for us, we like being very hands on with our rehabs and going out and visiting them. So we don't stray too far. We don't stray more than like an hour and a half from where we are. The gotcha. hour and a half gotcha. radius we'll look in. Yeah. You don't want to go down to Galveston? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to make sure the work's actually being done, right? So, Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, uh, work tends, uh, seems to move slower uh, where the water is, yeah. too. You got to be careful with that. Yeah. People get in a, a relaxed <laughs> mode. Uh, well, cool. Now, uh, for anyone looking to kind of uh, follow up with you guys, 
what uh, you know, what social medias are you active on the most, and how can how can they reach out to you? We use Instagram, like solely use Instagram. We yeah. tried doing TikTok and other things, and I was like, <laughs> this is just too much. I have a full time job, <laughs> and we're trying to do real estate, so we like to share our journey, and we like to kind of like network with other investors. But I can only do one social media platform, so Instagram, and it's Gare G A I R dot Real Estate. Um, and we're very active on there. We haven't been as active recently, just the baby and everything, but love talking to people on there. We've got like a couple really good friends that we've never met that yeah. live in different cities yeah. that are doing their own thing. And we love, we love seeing what they're doing as well. Yeah. Well, perfect. Yeah. It's uh, having a full-time job, being a full estate real, real estate investor and a mom to be uh, doesn't le- lend much time to uh, learning the, uh, the new dance moves <laughs> of the 13 uh, year old Jenna. They get, they get popular mm-hmm. for sure. Well, uh, I'm sure people will be reaching out to you. Um, anyone in the Houston area, I'm sure they'd be more than open to talk about their experiences and partner with them. If you have any deals, bring it their way, way for sure. Uh, Thank you for taking the time today to kind of talk about uh, working full time and uh, jumping in with both feet. Uh, that's how I started. And I think it is uh, one of the most lucrative side hustles you can teach yourself with a full time job that will allow you to slowly exit uh, your W-2 mm-hmm. job over the years. So uh, good luck to you. And uh, thanks again for your yes, time. Sir. Thank, you. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of Your Biggest Deal. Please like, subscribe, and share with friends. And don't forget to tag Your Biggest Deal on Facebook and Instagram. To connect with Joseph Williams or for questions and feedback, visit yourbiggestdeal.com. Thank you for listening and learning. Now, it's time to take action.